This afternoon, I proclaim to you the word of God as we confess that in Lord's Day 29 of the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 29. And we'll also read in connection with that the, from Article 35 of the Belgian Confession. We began with Lord's Day 29, and there the church confesses the word of God as follows. Are then the bread and wine changed into the real body and blood of Christ? No. Just as the water of baptism is not changed into the blood of Christ and is not the washing away of sins itself, but is simply God's sign and pledge, so also the bread and the Lord's Supper does not become the body of Christ itself, although it is called Christ's body in keeping with the nature and usage of sacraments. Why then does Christ call the bread his body and the cup his blood or the new covenant in his blood? And why does Paul speak of a participation in the body and blood of Christ? Christ speaks in this way for good reason. He wants to teach us by his supper that as bread and wine sustain us in this temporal life, so his crucified body and shed blood are true food and drink for our souls to eternal life. But even more importantly, he wants to assure us by this visible sign and pledge first, that through the working of the Holy Spirit, we share in his true body and blood, as surely as we receive with our mouth these holy signs in remembrance of him. And second, that all his suffering and obedience are as certainly ours as if we personally had suffered and paid for our sins. And then Article 35 of the Belgic Confession. And we begin at the third paragraph, which begins with the words, to represent to us. To represent to us the spiritual and heavenly bread, Christ has instituted earthly and visible bread as the sacrament of his body and wine as the sacrament of his blood. He testifies to us that as certainly as we take and hold the sacrament in our hands and eat and drink it with our mouths by which our physical life is then sustained, so certainly do we receive by faith as the hand and mouth of our soul the true body and true blood of Christ, our only Savior, in our souls for our spiritual life. It is beyond any doubt that Jesus Christ did not commend his sacraments to us in vain. Therefore, he works in us all that he represents to us by these holy signs. We do not understand the manner in which this is done, just as we do not comprehend the hidden activity of the Spirit of God. Yet, we do not go wrong when we say that what we eat and drink is the true natural body and the true blood of Christ. However, the manner in which we eat it is not by the mouth, but in the spirit by faith. In that way, Jesus Christ always remains seated at the right hand of God his Father in heaven, yet he does not cease to communicate himself to us by faith. This banquet is a spiritual table at which Christ makes us partakers of himself with all his benefits and gives us the grace to enjoy both himself and the merit of his suffering and death. He nourishes, strengthens, and comforts our poor, desolate souls by the eating of his flesh and refreshes and renews them by the drinking of his blood. So far, uh, our confessions. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, and that includes you, boys and girls, another Lord's Day about the Lord's Supper. And there are three quite extensive 
And a lot of it has to do with the differences we have with the Church of Rome. That's uh, actually how this confession uh, was, uh, was born in that time when the uh, Church of Rome uh, was strong against the Reformation. There was quite a bit of controversy around the Lord's Supper in particular and the manner and the meaning of it. But that was then and this is now. Why bring up all that old stuff again? Every time. Well, we're about to celebrate the Lord's Supper this afternoon. And that that old controversy with Rome isn't about saying, well, we're right and you're wrong only as such. No, that controversy with Rome helps us also today to come to understanding of what the Lord's Supper is about here. How the Lord wants to communicate himself to us and how he wants to use then the bread and wine to encourage and strengthen us in our souls. And with that in mind, I proclaim to you what we confess from the Word of God, Lord's Day 29, with this theme. In the Lord's Supper, Christ really nourishes us with his body and blood. We see first how he does that, and secondly, the effect of his doing that. First of all, then, how he nourishes us with his body and blood at the Lord's table. The first question of our Lord's Day this afternoon asks, are the bread and wine changed into the real body and blood of Christ? And you realize again, brothers and sisters, catechism students, that the the catechism is asking that question over against the teaching of Rome with its uh, doctrine of transubstantiation. Hard word to speak and spell, much less understand. But it comes down to this, that Rome says that Christ gives himself to us in the actual bread and wine of the sacrament. Some time ago, while visiting somebody in an originally Roman Catholic hospital, I had to wait around and I noticed a chapel and I went in and watched the Mass being celebrated. The bread and the wine were treated with great reverence and care in the Mass. And it's wonderful to see the reverence there. We can learn from the reverence there, but sadly, that great reverence at the Mass is misguided as we confess in Lord's Day 29. The priest worshipped the bread and the wine in that little container on the altar. He bowed before it, prayed to it, because that's because Rome teaches that when the priest says the words of Christ at the institution of the Lord's Supper, this is my body and this is my blood, then what's in that little container up there on that altar really is changes into Christ's body, physical body and blood. And he is physically present on that altar. In fact, there's, it's a continuation of the sacrifices, sacrificing him on that altar. So that bread and wine actually undergo a change of substance, become Christ's physical body and blood here on earth. Christ here on that altar. The attention of the people is then also then directed to that altar and to that bread and the wine which have become Christ's physical body and blood. So instead of saying as we have in our form for the Lord's Supper, lift up your hearts to heaven where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, the priest says, direct your hearts to the altar where Christ is, where he's being offered again. That's where he gives himself to you. Now, the way that Rome does that might make things seem real and bring about a lot of reverence, but the problem is 
that that bread and wine are then magically Christ, and when you consume them, you automatically receive Christ. Your communion with him at the Lord's Supper is then a physical event. You literally eat his body and drink his blood, take him in. And the thing is, then you don't even need to be a believer to receive Christ. You eat the bread and drink the wine, and then you receive Christ. You participate in him and his sacrifice, whether you believe in him or not. And you realize from the Bible that that cannot be. Think of what it says in Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace you have been saved by faith. By faith. We're not saved by, by taking Christ in sacramentally, physically. But by faith. You see God in his love has given us a covenant relationship with him. We're children of God. But a relationship has to be two-sided. Without faith we cannot please God. We cannot have communion with him. Faith and God's grace belong together. God's promise of grace to us seeks the response of faith from us. And that response of faith is worked by that grace of God then too even. Faith is a gift of God's grace. But it's called into being by the, by the word and the preaching of the word. It's called into being by the command, believe in me and you will be saved. The point is though, faith is needed. Also, when it comes to the celebration of the Lord's Supper, the Lord commanded us to remember his death until he comes. And faith is needed for that. He connected his work of salvation then too with the bread and wine of the Lord's Supper. In fact, he did it in such a way that as Lord's Day 29 says, we, we share in his true body and blood as surely as we receive with our mouth those holy signs in remembrance of him. Christ connected himself and his work to those signs and seals of bread and wine in a very real way. But not in a real physical way, but in a real spiritual way. Now, spiritual, spiritual life is just, your spiritual life is just as real and necessary as your physical life. A lot of people think, that your spiritual life is less than your physical. A lot of people today don't even believe in a spiritual life. I heard an interview on the radio last week, CBC, with the United Church minister who doesn't even believe that God is a being. She wants to do away with religion. She preaches being nice and kind and good to all. She says there is no spiritual life. There is some kind of spirituality that means just live well here till you die. And then you leave something behind. You live on in how people remember you for being nice, kind, and good. But there is spiritual life. There is a spiritual life which is there just as real as your physical life. The Bible shows it's actually more important than your physical life. If you, you, you can have long life, good health, and many possessions, but if you don't have Christ, the Lord said, if you don't have me, the spiritual life with me, you have nothing. So it's important 
that that spiritual life is maintained and that it grows strong. We take care of our physical bodies. We want to grow physically. A lot of people like to exercise and so on. Healthy food. It's important to maintain our physical life. But also our spiritual life. It's important that our souls be nourished and exercised on a regular basis too. With spiritual food. And that's why the Lord's Supper is so important. The bread and wine of the Lord's Supper are needed because by means of them, Christ really and truly communicates himself to you, feeds your soul too. And then not physically, by way of a change of substance as Rome sees it, but spiritually, by way of faith. The mouth of faith, he feeds you. As we confess, Article 35, Belgian Confession, just as certainly as we physically eat the bread and drink the wine of the Lord's Supper, so certainly do we receive by faith as hand and mouth of our souls the true body and blood of Christ our Savior in our souls for our spiritual life. We're spiritually joined to him, to his sacrifice on the cross for sinners. We feed on him. But we need to believe then as we take part. Trust that our, what our Savior said about that bread and wine. This is my body. This is my blood. Shed for you. It's something like that with baptism too. Baptism is mentioned in Lord's Day 29. The water itself doesn't have to undergo a change of substance. No, we need to believe the Lord's promises in that sign. And then we receive what is promised us at our baptism. So with the Lord's Supper. Believe the promise of the Lord. That as surely as we physically receive with our mouth the bread and wine. So surely do we spiritually share in Christ and everything he did for sinners. So Christ gives himself to us not physically but spiritually through faith. Through the working of the Holy Spirit. As we confess Lord's Day 29, through the working of the Holy Spirit, he connects us by means of that plain bread and wine to his glorious sacrifice on the cross. But then you need to sit there as, and take part as spiritual people. Spiritual people. People who hunger and thirst for righteousness, in other words. That's what spiritual is. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness. As people who want their spiritual life to then to grow. Who want to have it nourished and exercise it. Who want to grow. Want their souls to, to be united more and more with Christ. And to live like him and for him. As people who want to be ever stronger. Not for the fight for survival here in this world. But for, in the fight of faith. But now I'm already talking about the second part of the sermon this afternoon. The effect of Christ nourishing with his body and blood? Well, by means of that physical bread and wine, the Lord then nourishes us and strengthens us and encourages us and comforts us in that spiritual fight of faith in which we're all engaged in as spiritual person. If you're not spiritual, you don't have a fight. But as spiritual people, he wants to encourage us in the fight of faith. And I can't tell you exactly 
how the Holy Spirit does that or how Christ does that by his spirit. We can't understand the work of the Holy Spirit as we confess in, Lord's, in the, Article 35 of the Belgian Confession. We can't understand that. But the fact that he does work via the signs of bread and wine is certain. He works spiritually. Via that bread and wine, the Holy Spirit, by faith, joins us here on earth to Christ up in heaven. More and more. You see, the point of our confessions is not to point fingers at Rome or to others. This this is for us. This is how we are going to take part. Because you see, the trouble is we can so easily make the Lord's Supper into something magical for ourselves too. Then we don't, we don't examine ourselves beforehand. And without self-examination, you attend unspiritually. For instance, if we take part in the Lord's Supper with a cold and unbelieving heart, or with remaining sins in our life that we don't want to give up, or with bitterness in our hearts against others. What do we think we're going to get out of that bread and wine then? Do we think that our eating and drinking will somehow still connect us with Christ? If we don't have a spiritual life going on? Do we take part because we think it might be kind of an eternal life insurance which automatically grants us forgiveness and admittance to eternal life in Christ when we eat and drink there? If that's the case, the Lord, sorry, the Lord's not going to take it. If we attend the sacraments unspiritually, without hunger and thirst for righteousness and salvation in Christ, if we take part with closed heart, maybe refusing to give up certain sins in our lives, then our souls are not going to get any stronger in the fight of faith. But then we're eating and drinking judgment on ourselves. God's grace is amazing. But that's also why he can't stand it if we don't accept it in in humble faith. No, whoever comes to the Lord's table has to examine himself or herself first. And be very much aware of their own spiritual life. And spiritual life, as I mentioned, is then seeing your need for Christ and for his salvation. As it says in the form for Lord's Supper, we acknowledge that we are dead in ourselves and that we seek our life outside of ourselves in Christ. That's being spiritual. That's the center of spiritual life. To accept in your heart that you are are dead in yourself. And that Christ alone is your hope, your salvation, your life. And it means being willing and ready then too to let everything go that doesn't fit with him. And being willing to to receive everything, everything from him alone. People hunger for a lot of things in life. But spiritual people are hungry for salvation. Hungry for God's love and grace. Hungry for the salvation of Christ. Hungry for the communion with him. And if you're spiritually hungry like that, 
welcome to the Lord's Supper. You'll be spiritually nourished. Christ gives abundantly to those who are hungry. The Spirit will strengthen and nourish you in faith. Beautiful if you think about it, isn't it, congregation? Jesus Christ has promised that he would give himself to all who are spiritually hungry, all who hunger and thirst for for righteousness, and then thinking of his righteousness. So every time the Lord's Supper is celebrated here in church, you may believe that the Lord will feed that hunger and thirst, that spiritual hunger and thirst, feed you spiritually in a physical way via bread and wine, simple bread and wine that you can hold in your hand, that you can taste in your mouth. That's how the Lord feeds you spiritually with himself. And if you really believe that, then this celebration of the Lord's Supper is going to do a lot to you. It'll mean a lot to you. Then you'll know, too, the Lord is here. He spiritually gives himself to me via those physical signs and seals of bread and wine. Gives himself, not by some miraculous change of substance, but spiritually by his Holy Spirit. He comes to me into my soul, makes me strong in this world in which there is so much sin and brokenness, also in my own life yet. He enters in and gives me strength in this simple bread and wine to fight against the destructive sin that is around me and that lives in me. And he comforts me and helps me to go on again after I've fallen encourages me to bear my cross and to follow him. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, the second question of Lord's Day 29 asked then why Christ called the bread his body and the cup his blood and why Paul called the participation in the Lord's Supper as a participation in the body and blood of Christ. And the reason is, as we confess in the answer, because Christ wants to teach us that as bread and wine sustain us in this temporal life, so his crucified body and shed blood are true food and drink for our souls to eternal life. You know, bread and, bread and wine were the staple foods of the Jews in Palestine in ancient times, like bread and potatoes and, and veggies and milk are for us today. Staple foods so important for our daily physical life. They, our food occupies us. Go shopping every week. Work for our daily food every day. Our meals are important to us. We worry a fair bit about our daily sustenance. It's our life here in this world. But Jesus says, do not labor only for the food that perishes. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Again, the emphasis on our spiritual life Feeding that spiritual life. The priority of our feeding that spiritual life over our physical life even. Well, at the Lord's table, the Lord holds out that spiritual food for eternal life, for your soul. Just as our physical life is sustained by eating and drinking at our dining room table, so our spiritual life is sustained when we eat and drink this bread and wine At the Lord's Supper celebration. Every time we eat that bread and drink. That sip of wine. We are through the working of the Holy Spirit. Really nourished. In our souls to eternal life. 
We might not notice that instantly, but it works through in us. And we may believe that. And what a wonderful thing, because of ourselves, we're just struggling sinners here. But the Lord here gives us means to be able to live and grow spiritually in this life. The Lord Jesus Christ says with that meal of a simple piece of bread and just a sip of wine, here's the food for you, for your soul, your mind. I gave myself for you. I'm there for you in health and sickness, good times and bad times. When you're young, when you're old, I love you. Even if you sometimes waver in your faith and often grieve me with your sin, I'm here for you. I want to give you what I obtained for you by my death. I want to forgive you, renew you, give you eternal life. If you believe that that's what Christ says at the Lord's Supper, in that bread and that little bit of wine, brothers and sisters, you want to be there, right? And you'll, you'll do everything you can to guide your children so that they can be there too, that they want to profess their faith and take part too. And then you too, young people, then you'll want to make profession of faith as soon as you can too, Right? Because the Lord wants to nourish and refresh your soul here. He wants to assure you of his love and faithfulness towards you with that bread and wine. With the working of his spirit through that physical bread and wine in your soul. How can you let the Lord who hung on the cross and descended into hell for you. How can you let him wait for you then? Your Savior from sin and death wants to unite you with with him more and more in love. Doesn't knowing and experiencing that love in your soul make you want to love and serve him more and more with all your heart then? And if you take part like that, with that desire, you'll discover that that bread and wine are true spiritual energy food. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for giving the sacrament of the Lord's Supper to feed our spiritual life. Morsel of bread, sip of wine. And that your Holy Spirit wants to work through that in our souls and nourish and strengthen our souls so that we can tackle life, so that our spiritual life can grow. Bless our celebration of this sacrament this afternoon so that we may be nourished with Christ to that new life and even to everlasting life. In Christ's name alone, we pray. Amen. Let's sing in response to the proclamation, hymn 28, stanza 5.